It is the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast series, featuring a live podcast panel discussion released as a Dynasty Panelcast. My name is Haima Black. This week, the Supercuts Rock the Cut live panelcast, recorded live at Supercuts in the South Loop in Chicago, and featuring John Gautreau from Supercuts, Ryan Hauser from GMR Marketing, Janine Schultz from Illinois Entertainer, Alex Fruchter from Ruby Hornet, and Domingo Manesse from Crowd Noise. Here's how that panel sounded. First off, thanks everybody for coming. I know it's a, a really exciting weekend here in Chicago in terms of music. Uh, and for Supercuts too, this past January, we relaunched our, our Supercuts national advertising campaign called Rock the Cut. And uh, with, our, with the help of our partners, uh, Element 79, who's present here, GMR and Zocalo, they've, we've, we've all as a team really brought this concept to life. And um, Supercuts, we have about 2,300 locations just like this all throughout the country. We have 82 here in Chicago. Uh, we're constantly growing. Uh, we're the leader in affordable hair care. If you're looking for a precision, quick, affordable haircut, Supercuts is the place for you to go. Uh, we're constantly uh, increasing our capabilities, uh, enhancements online, and, and adding more value to our customer experience. So we'd love to have you all as customers uh, and uh, stop into a Supercuts near you. With all that said, rock the cut. Get a lot of questions, and I'm sure you're all thinking, you know, haircuts, music, what's the deal? And music is, is such an emotional thing, and so is the way that you look. You know, everybody has their own style, their own feel, and everybody has the you know, genre and, and favorite artists of music that they like. And um, we wanted everybody to feel when they come into a Supercuts and they get their hair cut, that they walk out feeling like a rock star. That if they're on stage tonight, that they're going to feel awesome and that they know that they're going to rock the crowd. So we've partnered, uh, and Ryan's going to talk a lot more about it, but uh, with four uh, kind of emerging artists or kind of lead artists, uh, Gold Motel, who's a local Chicago band, uh, Vintage Trouble, who's been out on tour all summer long. They were opening for the Cranberries. They were also on an independent tour. Um, Laura Bell Bundy, who is uh, emerging in the country scene. She's been featured in uh, a couple of Broadway musicals. She's been, um, she's been featured in video games, all sorts of different stuff. And then um, Ken Loy is an electronic artist for us who's, who's really taking off, too, in that scene. So with all that said, I'm going to pass uh, this nifty recorder off. All right, so uh, this is Ryan Heiser from GMR Marketing. I am part of our music division at GMR and uh, was lucky enough to be working with this uh, crew and this client on uh, the launch of the Rock the Cut promotion. And uh, it really was exciting to work with the brand and see them embrace emerging artists and know that the, the power of music aligns so well with, with style and with confidence you know, when artists are going on stage, they feel good because they look good. And it's kind of the what we're trying to get across with Rock the Cut, because everyone can be a rock star. So it was really, you know, fun to kind of take a look at the objectives the brand was looking at and then uh, go out and find artists who were at a point in their career where, you know, the, the average consumer could relate to them. You know, they weren't at this incredible Bono level where, you know, they're untouchable. They're artists who go to Supercuts and artists who believe in it. And when we're bringing an artist to any type of brand partnership, no matter who the brand is, we want to make sure that, that they align well and that the artist is, is a fan of or passionate about that brand. And so that it's, you know, I think that honesty comes through in the campaign that way. And that was something that, you know, Element 79, the ad agency, and everyone we worked with really was, was 
very passionate about that that had to be the case. And so it was an interesting search to find the right acts, and we talked to many, many acts. Um, but uh, when everyone, everything was said and done, we decided on these four um, across four different genres. Uh, I think we all just knew when we saw them they were, they were the right uh, representatives of the brand, and it's been really exciting. And uh, they're all just really, really cool. And uh, even throughout the years since we started you know, we kicked this campaign off. It's been great to watch these acts just grow. And I mean, just social media wise, they're exploding and just exposure wise, getting big. Um, so they've kind of been become part of the Supercuts family in a interesting way. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great to, to allow the artists to partner with Supercuts and it really helps them, you know what I mean? They're looking for exposure. They want people to see their music, and what better way than to be on TV in a campaign that's very documentary style about them. And so it's been really great exposure for for them as well, a really great partnership. Well, all of that is great. Let's go through, have the other panelists introduce themselves, because we have a great lineup here, and then I'll introduce myself, and we will jump into this. So let's start with you. Uh, my name's Alex. I'm a... Uh... Long-time listener of the Dynasty podcast, first-time caller. Um, um, I, uh, now, I run a, a website called rubyhornet.com. We're hip-hop, music, and culture blog, and then also creator of a lot of content. We run a, an event series called Digital Freshness, where we've broken a lot of uh, local hip-hop acts, and I also DJ under the name RTC and host mixtapes, all that. And then we have a... Uh, I also run an independent record label called Closed Sessions where we release uh, original music from, from hip-hop artists and uh, a documentary as well with the, showing like who they are through the creation of their art. And uh, we're on our third album. It's called Closed Sessions Volume 2, even though it's our third album. But uh, <laughs> uh, features Raekwon, Action Bronson, uh, DJ Babu, Vic Metz of Kids These Days, Mikey Rocks, The Cool Kids out of sight. A lot of artists, more more than I would like to name. Uh, it's coming out right now with MTV2 Sucker Free. So I'm honored to be a part of uh, this panel. Very cool, very cool. Um, so this is Domingo Meneses. I'm one of the co-founders of CrowdNoise.com. Uh, we are a blog and we are a live music discovery platform as well. Uh, so we tell people what hip-hop, electronic, and most recently uh, indie rock concerts are in your city. We quickly began expanding from Chicago home base to now Madison, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and Minneapolis as well. So the Twin Cities has, has been quickly rising. So yeah, we're excited to be on this panel and we're very Chicago based and we've seen a lot of acts perform amazing uh, stuff live and we can't wait to see some more of that. I'm Janine Schultz. I'm the editor of the Illinois Entertainer. We're a music monthly magazine. We've been in Chicago for over 30 years. You know, we're chock full of in-depth interviews with artists of all genres and our website has live concert reviews, more album reviews than, are, than can fit in the magazine and I'm really excited to be here to represent uh, the magazine. Well, great. Yeah, I mean, very, very solid panel here. And my name, for anyone who does not know, Haima Black. I host Dynasty Podcast. It was the first music-focused podcast in Chicago. We're about to celebrate our seven-year anniversary. We're hoping to hit 50,000 followers worldwide before the end of the year. That's the goal. And I also do a blog called Chicago vs. United. It's a look at Chicago music every day. It's not... It's, it's hip-hop, it's rock, it's electronic music, it's kind of the whole spread. So happy to be here on this panel. And, I mean, there's a lot to cover right now. There's a lot going on, you know, between Rock the Cut, Lollapalooza, 
all these kind of things. So I, I think we got a really good lineup here to cover that, and we have a lot of great attendees as well who hopefully we can get some feedback from at the end in this podcast. So let's kind of start with Rock the Cut, since that's kind of why we're here. Like, how do you guys end up selecting a Rock the Cut artist? Like, how does an artist end up working with Rock the Cut? The brand obviously has um, a certain target demographic they're looking to speak to and connect with. So that, that kind of helps us narrow it down to we, we know what certain genres certain people listen to, and it really allows us to target a certain consumer based on style of music preference. So in this case, uh, we narrowed it down to R&B, soul, um, electronic, more indie rock focused, and country. Because as you know, Supercuts are national, and so people from all over are certain segments we want to we want to really talk to and so when we start looking you know there's a lot of different things that have to go into it one you know they probably should have good hair you know <laughs> they are going to be in some commercials and we are going to be cutting their hair but uh we wanted we wanted artists who like i said a little earlier that that did get their haircuts at supercuts that was important too so that was one of the questions we would ask them um we wanted them to feel comfortable with the brand and hopefully passionate about it. We wanted them to have good style, you know, what's their clothes look like, check out pictures of, you know, I'm just kind of did a lot of, our team did a lot of research on, you know, who are they and, you know, how do they represent themselves and what are they, what are their lyrics about? What are they singing about? Who are they talking to? What are they talking about? All of those things need to align well with what the brand's trying to communicate. So when you put all that together, you start making calls and you start kind of searching around and and you, you just kind of gravitate to it. We had lots of solid options, and uh, these four are where we landed, and we're really happy. Um, sort of a, I don't know if we need a segue into Lala, maybe not yet, but um, this is fitting. I had a lot of indie bands, you know, in that term, I'm not sure what exactly that means, but, you know, indie rock bands we'll use for today. And who in mind, and a lot who really fit the, the what we were looking for, um, but I had heard about Gold Motel, and this was just last year, and... I'm like, I, I heard like one of their songs, I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, okay, Chicago band, I didn't really have any Chicago bands on my list, and as a Chicagoan, I sort of wanted to represent, but it, again, it had to be the right band. So I met Lollapalooza last year, and I'm like, oh yeah, look at this, Gold Motel's here. So I walked over and stood there and, and watched them, and Eric's flipping his hair around, and Greta's got amazing hair, you know, it's just like, wow, these guys really have the look, and such a fresh, cool sound. I was like, that's it. It has to be. So I got in touch with their manager, Emily White, who from Whitesmith Entertainment is awesome. Uh, and, you know, we it worked out. And so thanks to Lollapalooza, here we are. Well, you know, something that I think is interesting is you look at the, and not just in this instance for Rock the Cup, but just larger picture, the connection between music and style or fashion, you know, like that's always existed. Like why have those two worlds always been so closely linked. And, and that's open to anyone on the panel who wants to kind of field that question, why music and style or fashion go together so well. It's always interesting that you say that they always go together, and they do go together, but I've often gotten a lot of flack from people, you know, especially like on Facebook or something. I've, I think I made a comment about the way Fiona Apple looked on an episode of Jimmy Fallon most recently, and I just, and actually it was before she even sang, so I was really like, I don't ha- I can't talk about her music yet. She didn't sing yet. I'm talking about what she's looking like when she's sitting there with him. And people are like, oh, it's about the music, not about the fashion. But it's so funny because I think for, you know, for a lot of people, the two, there is no separation because if you grew up with MTV and now there's YouTube and there's all these things, it was like, I always knew exactly what you looked like 
as I was listening to you. And there's, yes, you always had an album cover to look at, but that was kind of a different thing than actually seeing them moving, breathing, kind of performing in, in a video. And it was always like, you know, it's hard to separate. You, it, you almost don't separate the two. It's like, not I don't like you because of your fashion, but I enjoy, like, like Robert Plant. I love Led Zeppelin. I might love Robert Plant's pants more than I love Led Zeppelin. You know, I mean, there's, there's just, there's no, when I think of Led Zeppelin and I think of Robert Plant, I think about his jeans. It's, it's just a fact. I can't help it. I agree with that. Not with the pants thing, but <laughs> with most of it. Uh, they are great pants, though. Um, I think that it's all, they're artists, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. And what you hear is part of their art, and what they write is part of their art, but the way they present themselves and what they wear, that's the visual part of their art. That's, that's the painting, you know what I mean? And it all becomes one. I, whether they really think about it or not, that's how they represent themselves, and uh, I think that's what makes it pretty interesting. And just to like piggyback off what they said, right now, too, in music, um, you know, the traditional channels of making money and getting your name out are kind of gone. So, like, a, a lot of artists are looking toward a brand with a following to sync up with. And a brand that's selling clothes is also looking for a cool artist to make their brand relevant. So, it's like a perfect marriage. A lot of artists, I think, um, getting free clothes is a, a big deal. It's like you've reached a step when a certain brand, and also there are clothing brands that can sponsor someone's mixtape, and it, it means a great deal. Like a 10-deep mixtape in hip-hop is, uh, before it even comes out, it's just like, oh, wow, like Mishka. that means something. Or Mishka. <laughs> Finding people that like the clothes you like are probably people that will probably like the music you like and have the same ideas, and that, that's always, that's, I don't think that will ever change. I'll mention something in that quick. We've seen a lot of that in, in live shows. I mean, flyers are, you know, they're old school. And flyers go back. But And I think more recently what we've started to see a lot in, in flyering is, is a lot of clothes sponsors, fly, you know, taking up a lot of space in the sponsorship of a, of a live show. And most recently we've, since we deal a lot with electronic shows, we're seeing this gap in cloth, like clothing company that want to grab onto this budding electronic music scene and there still really is no brand out there that's capitalizing on electro genre as i think in hip-hop they there's there's a couple really big you know 800 pound gorillas out there but in electronic there's really we haven't seen that yet and so there's a lot of room for entrepreneurs to develop brands around the electro sound so i guess at the end of the day fashion music it's just a form of expression so obviously i think they're going to come together an artist express themselves through music therefore they're probably going to express themselves through clothes and fashion um, and hairstyles too so yeah we're seeing a lot of that in live and for us as a brand supercuts this whole idea really revolved around the confidence that you get uh, the confidence you feel when you get a good haircut and that personalization i mean people want to be on the cutting edge of who's the up-and-coming artists you want to be the up-and-coming you know look and feel and you don't want to be you know, it's cool now, you know, the 80s are back, but like you don't want to be retro to a point where, where, where it's not cool, you know what I mean? So y you want to be relevant, you want to be up and coming. Hip is a terrible word, but you kind of want to, you want to be there, you want to be emerging, you want to be at the cusp of, of just breaking out and, and being on the, the lead of that roller coaster ready to take that downhill slide, because that's what cool is. I mean, you want to just have that, that swagger behind you. Well, you know, we are, we're hours away from Lollapalooza kicking off. I mean, just, I mean, basically across the street from where we are right now, 
you know, and if the festival experience, it's a lot of fun, it's great, but it can be pretty unforgiving. You're out there for three days straight, uh, you know, the humidity's coming off the lake, you're out in the sun for 12 hours, and it's like, and you're walking a mile and a half each way. What are some festival survival tips in order to be able to stay stylish when you're out there for 12 hours in the humidity and it's like 104 degrees? Like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Uh, rock the biffies. Uh, <laughs> although there aren't mirrors, I mean, clean yourself up. If there's a supercuts right across the street, we'd be more than happy to take care of you. You know, we do do styles and finishing and shampoos. Uh, it's going to be a hot weekend, so uh, feel free and stop over. Uh, we'll be ready for you. I would say to not, like, overdo it and wear some crazy stuff that's going to make you ridiculously hot and sweat all the time. Is, lay off the face paint. Yeah, lay off the face paint. I mean, well, good face paint you should never do without, you know. So, but, yeah, keep it simple, basic, and uh, try to catch catch those breezes like Michigan, fortunately, can give you some good ones. Yeah, I mean, I'll add something, and I think the, the dehydrated look is never good. So, <laughs> keep you know, keep drinking lots of water, whited out lips, and, you know, feeling kind of chalky is never, is never a good way to experience music. So, definitely stay hydrated. Bring whatever you need to bring in order to, to feel fresh. And I think that's, that's a great point. You know, there's a lot of room at Lala, so find those pockets where there's not a lot of people and take a little break. Uh, sit on the grass, wear comfortable shoes, don't, don't, you know, don't kill yourself by you know, bringing on those, those really fashionable shoes that might kill you halfway through the day. So, um, yeah, I think staying hydrated is huge. That's, that comes from inside. I'm going to piggyback on the shoes. The shoes, I think, are the most important thing you can do. And I think you should spend all year trying to decide which shoes to wear because they not only need to be cute, they also need to be comfortable. And I made the unfortunate mistake last year of not wearing cute shoes. I only wore them for comfort, and I happened to be on camera. And later on, I had more comments on the what shoes do you think you're wearing to Lollapalooza right now, as opposed to the interview I was doing with the band. I was like, can we focus on the fact that I'm interviewing Cage the Elephant, not the fact that I'm wearing the most hideous, maybe white kind of gym shoe things that I had no idea would be so hideous on camera. But they were comfortable. Although, however, I think your goal should be to find shoes that won't make you look atrocious, with also not giving you blisters you know something else i thought was interesting is that you know we live in a climate in a culture where people not just kids but you know not just teenagers but people they download music for free they watch movies for free they stream tv shows for free you know and they don't even go to as many concerts what is it about events like lala and especially lala itself because that's kind of like the big granddaddy in chicago now why do people keep returning to Lollapalooza and to these big festival events paying these big bucks when they might not be paying for entertainment in almost any other realm. I don't know the answer for sure to that, but um, something that may contribute to that is a variety. I mean, you can go there and see a million different genres and styles of music, which is great. And I think that whereas years ago, people were buying full CDs, people were buying, you might have $12 and you're buying one CD. Now you have $12 and you're experiencing possibly 12 different subgenres of music so you can go to Lollapalooza and catch it all for in one day you know as opposed to just spending $30 and seeing one style you can you know I mean it's just you can run around that place all day long and see a million different things it's got a lot to do with it I would say plus the festival experience and from a marketing perspective I'm gonna go in on this one um 
I do think, and you know, what we try to do at Jumar is whenever we're bringing a sponsor into a festival experience, you're not going to go in there and slap your logo up and, you know, pass out keychains all day long. It just doesn't work. You know, you have to go in there. These kids and, and consumers and music fans are, these tickets are not cheap by any means. So they're spending a lot. And I always say to clients who want to sponsor festivals, if you're going to do it, go in there and enhance their experience, make it better, you know, make it comfortable. Even if it's as simple as, you know, pass out bottles of water or have a phone charging station that they can actually access without having to, you know, sell their soul, make it easier for them and they will appreciate your brand more. Yeah. Just to go off that. I mean, I think festivals are for the land of the eclectic because you can see so much. Uh, I mean, you can hit a lot of different stops and discover new stuff. Um, I think uh, one of the awesome stuff about, you know, festivals and festival grounds is that you can be walking by, and if you like what's in your right ear, you can just gravitate towards that. And if you like what's in your left ear, you can move that way. So I think that's really cool, and I think that festivals do produce a lot of natural, organic discovery that can't really be found on the web as easily. Um, I think a lot of a lot of how, what we're seeing is live music discovery comes a lot from friends, you know, and... Um, so that's going to be a feature that we're going to be pushing in the new crowd noise platform that we're launching mid-September. Uh, you know, through the years that we've been doing live music and shows, we're realizing that people want to do two things right when they find out about live music is buy a ticket and tell their friends. So I think that's it's interesting because um, it's a very social environment, festivals are. So exactly, I think you kind of, it's a combo package. You get everything. Um, and you can have a big group with you and, and kind of get excited all at once. I think it also has to do a lot with your attention span and how you're spending your time. If you think about going to a concert, you know, if you see just one band at a concert, you go at like 7 o'clock at night, maybe you see the opening act, and you have to wait around for 45 minutes for them to set up the stage and do, sound, you know, kind of that extra kind of sound check. And you see the band for about an hour and a half, and then, of course, you have to kind of mill out in like a like a cattle call out of the show and then the time you're getting home it's like 11 or 12 and technically you really only saw two bands in that entire five hour span where something like Lollapalooza in five hours you can see probably double double that many bands and also there's never I mean I like to go and I don't like to waste I don't like to waste time eating or you know enjoying myself really like I, I just really go no I go and it's like there there is no reason to ever spend any moment at Lollapalooza not actually seeing a band. If I'll, I'll eat when I'm dead, well, I won't eat when I'm dead. But I'll eat when I get home. I'll eat when I get home. I don't need to, you know. And they have, and, and Lollapalooza is great. Like they always do the articles about, you know, Charlie Trotter. Like someone has like, you know, truffle oil fries there or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even like. I'm not even paying attention to that. I'm seeing a band. Maybe if someone walked by me with a granola bar, I'd take half of it or something but but no i do i do think it's the idea that you can see so much in three days I and mean, you can really pack an entire summer's worth of concerts in the three days and you are paying for that too i mean you're if you i, I haven't done the math but i'm sure it's probably like 15 dollars a show or something which is also cheaper than seeing each of those bands separately throughout the year and real quick too it's like about there's so many bands every day there's new music i mean you could release something today and tomorrow it's old or forgotten or whatever but la palooza is like a gatekeeper it kind of tells the average music fan what groups are actually you know kind of good or worth their time and um 
it also is just in a it's like a, an event and people mentioned yeah, you were talking about this too it's like a big event it's a it's a it's a stamp it's a cosign artists are excited if they get to play Lollapalooza it's a big deal to them so I think that especially in Chicago like Lollapalooza is not just a music festival in a sense but it's like a big it's just a, a thing where the whole city comes together and people want to be there you're on the lake you're off the lake outside all day listening to music you know that it's going to be news. You know that the, the headliners are going to bring out something special or things that are going to be debuted. Like, big events happen there. So I think that plays a big role. Obviously, Lollapalooza has a huge impact, and it's not something that happens just across three days. Lollapalooza is not a three-day event in Grant Park. It really starts impacting Chicago, I want to say, almost as early as, like, March or April of that year. And then it's kind of talked about in the weeks or even sometimes months that follow like, what are some of the ways that you guys see Lollapalooza just impact Chicago as a city and as a culture and, and the conversation here year-round? I mean, there's always the, – the conversation is, is – uh, I think as soon as one ends, the next, the next one starts of guessing, like, who's going to headline, what, what bands are good enough. Um, from an artist perspective, I think that a lot of work is done from the minute one is over to prove that you should be there. Um, and – they, uh, the artist, their manager, their record label, ex- whoever is conscious of like, what do we need to do to be on that stage next year? Just like other things, get a cover of a magazine, play Pitchfork, play it South by Southwest. Lollapalooza, again, it's like a stamp. If you put that on your resume, it's a big deal. And I think that starts immediately. And I don't think there's ever like a, a break or a downtime. I think that the, also it's, well, in addition to that, for sure, um, it, it's also like a launching pad. I mean, maybe it's like, I always say there's like a bow tie effect when they, you know, you're like waiting for the lineup in the beginning and it's big and there's buzz and then there's lineup and there's all this media press about, okay, this is the lineup. It's awesome. It's huge. Everyone's saying, like, wow, these bands made it. They're in the lineup. Incredible. Okay, cool. Then there's like the little part that's the live. The not is like the live event. Okay, we're there. We're experiencing with all the people who are there and that's awesome. But then boom, when it's over, some bands are really going to stand out. That's the launch. And they have made they've made a scene at that show, and they can explode. There's a chance that they can go from the band. We always like to talk about the font size of bands. You know what I mean? Not in the lineup. I no longer. I only talk about like their font. You know? Oh, they're a nine. Oh, okay, got it. You know, if they're a nine, they could be the little band at the bottom of the lineup poster. And then after that, they had such a great show where they people went crazy. It's huge. So it's that potential if you make that lineup to explode. So, I mean, it, it's, it is really interesting. You start getting into live music and you, the, the real true fans start popping out of the woodwork. I mean, I think we're, we're going to see this new breed of fans and, and passionate musicians and, and aficionados kind of start evolving in the next, you know, maybe two to three years. Um, we're already starting to see it now, but, you know, any Joe Schmo down the street can listen to the same album that you just listened to because, you know, maybe you'll get it for free, but the real separation in, in the fan comes to who's going to go to the live show and who's not. So I think that's a big deal when you're surrounded by people who are the most dedicated. And I mean, we pride ourselves. We, we have a team of about 18 people uh, around the Midwest that just literally that's their job is to find out about shows and break them as soon as possible. And we're finding people that are out there literally looking at tours and finding gaps and then 
predicting that they're going to be playing at Lala and trying to leak those uh, those lineups as soon as possible. You know, it happens with great albums, and it's now. I mean, it has been, but it's it's just it happens with live music too. So the Lala lineup was trying to get predicted. You know, even a month, two months ago, and um, this stuff happens because all that all that information is readily you know it's it's available. So we're starting to see people that are really taking that into their own hands. I think in terms of Chicago, I mean, obviously, you know, there's Bonnaroo, there's Coachella, and there's things like that. And, you know, there's a part of me that always wants to kind of go to those festivals. And I realize, well, wait a minute, I live in Chicago. I'm 15 minutes away from a massive festival in my own city that has this just on, you know, on par with those, you know, with those festivals, except for the whole camping thing, which doesn't enthrall me. And I think the best part of Lollapalooza is I get to go home at night and you can shower and you can do your thing and you'll come back the next day and not uh, have to camp. But But it is, I mean, it's a, it's, it obviously brings people from all over the country, but it is such a Chicago thing because there really is, I think, a mentality of, you know, I don't need to go to, you know, the middle of the desert to experience a great festival. I can just merely come downtown and see one. I wanted to get some picks, you know, what you guys are excited about at Lala, you know, who are some acts you want to see or like, you know, what's the best day or, or, you know, like what's the stage you have to be at. And also, in addition to that, who are maybe some of the more stylish artists that are playing this year? Um, I don't think I'm more, I'm the most excited both musically and stylistically this year by Jack White. I can't wait to see him. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious as to what he's going to do with the whole two band thing, the all male band, the all female band. Are we going to get both? Or are we going to get the all female band? My vote's for the all female band. I'm hoping he brings them out during the show. Um, so he's my my biggest thing. And my for me, my second biggest thing is just, again, this was Lollapalooza is great for. I haven't seen of Monsters and Men live. I love the album. I've been waiting to see them. This is my opportunity to see them live. I don't like that they're up against Florence and the Machine, but I've seen her twice, so we'll, I'm going to scoot over and see them, and hopefully, you know, and it's kind of like, a, it's a great introduction, because then you know, hopefully, three months or four months down the road, they'll be back at a smaller venue, and you can also have that experience, but you'll never forget the time you saw them, like a Mumford & Sons. We, I saw Mumford & Sons a few years ago at Lollapalooza, now, and I've done the, the smaller venue thing with them, but that show was maybe even more amazing, just because everyone was experiencing it at the same time i was just mentioning that i was really excited about justice this year and that's going to be a a really big set you know justice has been such a front runner for electronic and really digging hard into this like hardcore sound and so i'm i'm just really excited about them we were talking about this earlier but i'm really excited about chief keef who um you know is chicago and i've never seen him but uh really excited that's going to be an interesting show and i think probably a really big crowd too and on the other hand, I, I always think I like to encourage people to check out The Head and the Heart. They're a great band. They are a great festival band. So they really put on a very exciting show live at, in big environments like that, which isn't always easy to do. Um, their lead singer's got uh, a very cool style of her own worth checking out. I really want to see Black Sabbath. I just I like going to Lollapalooza and seeing the bands that I'm probably will never see again, and I've never seen Black Sabbath, and I, I doubt I'd ever have a chance to see them again. I like uh, Out of Sight. He's an artist that we recorded with a few years ago when he was like more of a hip hop artist. Now he's a huge pop star. Uh, there's a group from Cali called Overdose that I'm interested to see. I really want to see Frank Ocean just because of all the social, like everything that's happened surrounding him. I know this is going to be a big, a, a big set for what he's about to do. You know, I love, I saw the Black Keys for the 
really the first time at Lollapalooza, like like the first Lollapalooza in Chicago or second, and they played, you know, during the day to see them now headline. That's going to be dope, but they're against um, Black Sabbath. Lollapalooza for me is is, is like a, a different kind of experience. It's not, it's like partly in the audience with the bands and then partly what happens kind of like out, outside. But I saw uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers a couple years ago. They were really good. But um, yeah, Black Sabbath, I think, is like my one where I really just want to want to see. I think there's some really great bands. Obviously, the headliners are are huge, and some of them are just icons within music, and some of them are trying to get there. If you haven't seen the Black Keys, do it. It's going to be a really fun show. Smaller bands, Dawes, a really fun group. Uh, Head in the Heart, they're great. If you need a, a quiet afternoon, go check out The Tallest Man on Earth. Not going to blow your mind, and you're not going to jump in a mosh pit, but uh, he'll give you a really good show. Well, you know, we have not just a tremendous panel here, but we have a ton of great, you know, Chicago industry attendees here. And I wanted to, you know, extend the mic out into those who have been goodly enough to spend their evening with us here and, you know, get some feedback from the audience on who you guys are interested in seeing at Lollapalooza this year. So if anybody is interested in offering up who they're excited about, you know, if you want to, like, just say your name, you know, what outlet you're with or who you're representing, any of that, if, if anyone wanted to jump on that. So I'm Marissa. I'm here on behalf of Lost in Concert and also for the Broke Hipster Music Blog. Um, some good picks from you guys over here to the right. Um, a band that I'm really excited to see is Polisa. Um, I caught them down um, in Austin for South by Southwest and just was really impressed with how natural their vibe is, how good their sound is. It's just, I'm a really big fan of theirs. Really excited to see them get some exposure. Another band I think will put on a great live show because I've caught them at, I think it was Metro and I thought they were fantastic is The Temper Trap. I'm a big fan of them. I happen to really like pop music quite a bit. Um, so aside from, you know, the obvious like big headliners and Florence and the Machine, who's I'm sure going to just blow people away with her voice and whatnot. Those are a few of the ones that I'm really excited about. Tracy from Lost in Concert, uh, photographer for our website. And if you guys want to talk about style and hair, the first thing that comes to mind and the most excited that I am is Deontward because, come on, that Zeph style is completely new. What they're coming out with is so, like, off the cuff and, like, not even introduced to the U.S. right now. Like, no kids are shaving their heads as mulch yet, but I'm pretty sure that that's going to be happening sometime soon. I'm Todd from Hip Hop Democrat and Music Bloggers Association of America. And, uh, well, two artists that I haven't really heard named but from the hip-hop side and just urban is one, J. Cole. He's just you know, he's a phenomenal breakout artist. And uh, The Weeknd, which yes. on you know, the R&B side, you know, compared to Frank Ocean, you know, those two, are, I, I would say, have had the biggest breakout year as far as R&B artists. So definitely two to look out for. This is uh, Alex from Cat's Company. What I have to say, the biggest ones for me, other than Word, was definitely, definitely my pick. I just caught a solo set from uh, Dee Dee um, from the Dum Dum Girls a few months ago, a month ago. Thought she was fantastic. Really excited to see it with the uh, full band, Alabama Shakes. I think one of the big kind of crossover bands this year. So very excited to see, you know, kind of how that goes over, how that goes over live and in, in that festival setting. So uh, This is Ben from Lost in Concert. Everyone's great picks already. Definitely the lineup for the weekend. I think the one band that hasn't been mentioned yet that I want to see is Walk Off the Earth, just because I want to know if they can do anything live like they did with that YouTube video with everyone playing the same guitar for the Gautier cover. So, I mean, if they can pull off anything like they did live with that YouTube cover, they're going to blow up huge after Lala. 
Well, I love it. Uh, this was an excellent panel. Is there anything else we need to say about Rock the Cut and, and things happening with that campaign and Supercuts? I think the beauty of the campaign is the, the individuality that it brings and, um, you know, to shamelessly self-promote again. You know, if you stop into Supercuts, we're, we're there to, to make your style work for you. And we're not, you know, some cookie cutter place. So, you know, if you're looking for something, you know, different, something you saw online, something you saw at Lala, we have expertly trained stylists to help replicate that look for you. So thank you all for coming tonight. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, John, Alex, Ryan, Domingo, Janine, and everybody who attended and, you know, and Supercuts and everybody who was a part of this event. Thank you guys so much. Um, my name is Haima Black. I host Dynasty Podcast. You can find that at DynastyPodcast.com. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. This has been the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast Series. Thanks to John Gautreaux, Ryan Hauser, Janine Schultz, Alex Fruchter, and Domingo Manesse for sitting in on this panel. Dynasty Panelcasts are engineered by Layla I. Royale. You can find the Dynasty Podcast Network at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black. Dynasty Descend.